right, fake nerds, I have been longing to talk with everybody about 3,000 years of longing, and I'm, of course, joined by Ryan Eliopoulos. For those keeping track, this is the first video where we filmed, and we're back in the same location. We did it! We moved. We moved. Life's happening. Welcome. Yes. Things here. happen. It's George Miller time, baby. Woo! Miller time! <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we're also joined by Brandon T. McClure. Yes, not in the same location. And we are... For this review special, not joined by Ben Magnet because he saw this movie and he said, neat. And that's all he had to say about it. So we're here to have this discussion without him. Hey, at least he saw it. That's true. Appreciate uh, that. We were supposed to do this as a, as a review uh, on the show, but you know, could not make that work. So doing it as a review special now. Yeah, for all kinds of reasons. And I also saw it a couple days ago. So <laughs> my knowledge is going to be very fresh. I saw it weeks ago. So mine isn't as fresh. I also saw it weeks ago. Uh, I think let's just get into just some first impressions overall about the film. Uh, I will let you two go first. I really liked it. I had a really good time. Uh, I remember leaving the theater not liking the ending and having thought about it, and now it's weeks, weeks have gone by. I don't even remember what the ending is, so it's probably indicative of how I still feel about it. Uh, but nine-tenths of the movie I really enjoyed. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to get into that. Again, it's been weeks, so like... No, 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 could, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm ready to get into that. Okay, Brandon. I feel that the first two-thirds are very well-directed, imaginative, beautiful, wonderful, just such a great experience, and then it really dropped off for me. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I felt cold by the ending. Mm -hmm. I. Mm, OK, so I'll word it this way. Uh, I agree mm -hmm. mostly with what Brandon's saying. Something in the third act doesn't didn't quite hit for me. Yeah. However, the ending did make the third act work for me. Yeah. Uh, once I got to the end, the third act retroactively worked for me. Um, which is what I'll say is uh, so so because by the ending, what it is, is that he stopped he stopped being there. He was released with the last wish yep. and uh, he's allowed to be free. With if you people. haven't seen this movie, uh, we're about to spoil it. Like I'm not I, we don't really do summaries. So like if you haven't seen this, you're going to be lost. This is, also, this is also not a movie to like watch watch a review. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of really not. It's not the movie for that. Um, <laughs> you go see this movie. So anyway, uh, uh, when you get to the end, it's the third wish that releases him. Um, where she says, I just want you to be where you belong, wherever that may be. With your people. Um, and that that is that gives him ultimate freedom. Um, and uh, then we catch up three years later, and she's writing story uh, her own story about him and everything. And she's walking through a park, and then he shows up. Mm -hmm. And uh, she details that like he would come back every once in a while and always stay longer than he should, because she would always make him go away. And the whole thing is that, like, what made this work for me was the concept of the electromagnetic waves. Yeah, yeah. The the concept of the world became too technological mm -hmm. that it disrupted the magic of his own existence. Yes. Uh and that what I what worked for me is the beauty of when he was free, he still came back and would push it right up to the limit and then go away um and recover and then come back and do that all again. Yeah, yeah. And that made it work for me. Because for a moment, I thought we were heading for her. three years later. She writes the story. She's found some kind of inner peace through it. Walks through the park. Just thinks fondly of him. And that's the end of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, or you get some like light detail of like the for a moment there, like before he shows up, we see uh, which I think they do really well. The particles oh, of his that. existence. I love that. You yeah. see the particles around her before he starts walking up the hill. Yeah. Um, but the fact that like she elaborates on specifically that he returns and he always stays longer than he should, even though she says that he should, she begs for him to go. He always stays like right up to the last moment that he could possibly stand it. Mm -hmm. um, the kind of uh, beauty and tragedy of uh, the, the concept of her wanting the, like, like recognizing that she's always wanted this love, this power of longing and investment in another person that he describes in the story. Mm -hmm. This is something she's always wanted and she wishes for it, but in wishing for it, she's kind of created an oxymoron where like that love can't be real, but he's also punishing himself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in releasing him is fully embraced by it at the same time. Um, what didn't work for me about the third act was like real quick, everything you just said, I, I do agree with. I yeah. think, I think a lot of the love stuff totally works. It's the, it's the final 
I just, I didn't, man, all of that is true. I still don't feel the execution of the end for me. Like you're giving me more than the movie gave me with your explanation of it. You know what I the, mean? The, her final narration and that worked for me. Yeah. What, what something in the time in London didn't. Yeah. And like, that's the point. Like the, everything from the moment where she finds him and he's, his body is being destroyed by the waves mm -hmm. because he can't take it because they, he exists on the same frequency. Uh, everything about that worked for me and the, the forcing of like the separation and her making the wish for him to be, just be happy. And then them coming back, that whole bit worked. It's that, that interim time in London mm -hmm. that like feels clunky. Is it, is, is I guess the word it, again, cause it's been, it's been a while. Is this, is this the time in London when they are together? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I specifically remember But the ending ending yeah, yeah. does work for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But that third act stuff in London, that's where I agree with Brandon, where mm -hmm. I'm like something here doesn't feel as as cohesive. Co mm, yeah, I guess cohesive is the word. Doesn't feel as um fluid yeah. as what led up to that. Yeah. I'm gonna split the difference and agree with both of you. Because uh, well, Sparks, I'm with you i also caught a lot of that i was also happy with a lot of that what you're saying about the ending of when he's first found and then he you know and he's turning to dust and he you know and, and all that but by that point i was i had become disinterested in the movie because all the stuff in london was just not working for me at all and so at that point at that point like as much as i enjoyed kind of where that was heading where that was what, what george miller was saying in those moments I very much was already checked out and I, and I wasn't receptive to what it was doing. Yeah. I, I definitely think the first two thirds of the movie are, are almost impeccable. Like honestly, like I love, and you'll get this. There are not many movies that I get to say this about that. This gives me the fall vibes where it's a story about telling stories. And there are no, not many movies where that is the central premise of storytellers talking about stories. So that alone, I was, I was totally enraptured with the, with the idea of, of it. And it's, it's about this gin telling telling his life story of how he became and how he's ended up here. All of those different vignettes, I love so much. It's it's just like once we get to them in modern day living together, it's like, it just, it it doesn't feel as magical. Like it feels, it almost becomes almost more like traditional, like drama, almost well, what I, what I think, like magical. What I think what George Miller is doing is he's trying to, he's trying to, Right, we get we're getting all these love stories with the gin earlier on, and now it's time for her love story with the gin, right? It's time for it's time for her story, and we're and so essentially it is still telling a story within a story. It is just now we're we're kind of in real time with it rather than being told it. But her story, by just the nature of who she is, isn't as interesting as those earlier stories. And so, like, I'm not. I don't mean to say that they should have like fluffed it up a bit, but maybe they should have. I don't really know. It's no, just, I see what you mean. At that point, going, I just wasn't really into no, it. No, hundred percent. Because we're going from like you know like we're in the Middle East, we're dealing with like castles and kingdoms, and then we're just like no, now now we're just like with this girl in London, and like again that that doesn't that sounds like a it's a negative, but like they don't they don't do anything for me to elevate their relationship out of out of out of everything else we've seen. It feels it, it feels like it like becomes smaller and like less of like the big like surreal magical thing I've just been watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think. I think I think that well I think like the problem isn't so much that like oh it's in London or like it's it's smaller scale or anything the the thing is that like it's a lot of time uh it is a decent chunk of the film um it's it's uh a, a solid 15 minutes and there's no conflict because everything is good mm -hmm. and they they are in a peaceful functional relationship yeah there is no issue you do feel like in some way like the other shoe is going to drop at some point but you don't know what that is because there's no lead up but uh, it's a movie just so one day that, well, just one day she comes home and then he's he, turning very salt like very ashy and dusty um and uh i think that's really what it is is that you're 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 seeing things in the most like perfect perspective mm -hmm. but there's no clear indication of like where what it's going towards uh because like we, we've got to the point in the story where like this is this is like we were getting to here and right. i don't feel like we're furthering it if it's there just is like, if there is no conflict or other thing coming here then this is the end of the movie yeah yeah, yeah. which mm -hmm. uh, more than once in that time period i thought is this the end of the there's movie? a one point strictly where it just cuts to black and i'm like that's a weird way to end the movie and then it keeps going <laughs> i remember that specifically that's the um 
It might have been the three years later. That's the three years later, I think. I would have been. Um, But there's there's the moment where she goes to the neighbors and offers them the food. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he comes up behind them and she's like, he'll be staying with me for a while. And I thought that was going to be the end of the movie. Yes. Uh, Because it was like this sense of like, I can do electromagnetic waves for you. She's more at peace because of his presence. She decides to be a nicer person. They're happy. We're going to do the story. It would have been a nice way to end. But that's not it. Uh, Then we continue on with her being successful at her job, him exploring the world when she's away, them having a conversation about humans and gin and the world as it relates to him, which I actually think is a very good conversation because it's in that bit where we get like the elaboration of him saying that there's no, he, he starts to recognize that there is, there can be no need for gin. There's nothing special about them in a world where the things that you do with technology. Exist. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, I think that's a good concept. It's just, I think that there's no, again, you get this sense that the movie's not done, but you don't know why the movie isn't done. Yeah. And, and I th- you're absolutely right about that. And, and when you, when I think back watching that movie and, and that, that conversation, which I, which I, I do like, um, there's like nuggets within the ending that I do like. Um, it does feel like, the bit in the beginning with the um with the gin watching her performance watching her speech in the at the college it was a college right yes um the gin who's watching it and gives her that scare that never comes to anything and i thought at that point by the time we get to the end of the movie that would have come to something like it's oh, the yeah. gin the gin are fighting for relevance for existence and they're you're, losing you're you're jumping good point you're jumping to uh you're jumping to my main negative because uh, I I kind of let the third act stuff slide because I really did like the conclusion. Oh yeah, you're talking about like the weird the weird talking mouth the guy. Yes, and like, yeah, that uh, that was involved in it. Yes, I talked to Megan about it after, and I'm like, my really my main problem with the movie is that the person who the, the magic being that tries to steer her cart in another direction. I don't know what that was. And then the guy sitting in the lecture hall, as you said, yeah. who we specifically see again in, one of the flashbacks. in the very first one, um, yeah. the story of, of Sheba, uh, he's there. Yeah. Um, and the connective tissue of that is not given. And Megan has a good theory. Um, she said that she believes that what they're trying to say is that Tilda Swinton's character is long, 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 long descended from Jin. Mm-hmm. Like, it's partially in her, and one of the reasons she can connect to him uh, is because she is, like, very, 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 very far down the line descended from Jin. They don't give us any of that. And that's movie, and that's why she could see those things. Do they give us that in the movie? Uh, well, if this, this is the only read she could make of those earlier pieces, yeah, yeah. why are those things happening? It's because, the, why could she kind of sense that she should pick the bottle she did that had the gin in it why did she create she created a person and when she was younger she has this overactive imagination and they do and they do say they do say through the stories yes like with the creation of enzo that Mm -hmm. feels like a gin thing and they do and the way that they talk about characters in the stories that he's recounting about people who are descended from gin and what they could feel and what they could uh, affect Mm -hmm. it does feel like there is supposed to be a subtext of she is descended from Jin. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah. But but I agree with Brandon that those two specific appearances are not made clear enough to that being the indication. Like, yeah. all it would take is a line from Elva saying, like, I feel like you are somehow descended from Jin or some, whatever. Or closer alike. Like, like yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, or, like, him making that discovery about her or yeah. something. But, like, because that's never given those things do feel kind of weird. Uh, I, I, especially the one in the, when she arrives uh, at the airport really throws me mostly because I have no idea what that character said. Um, but they say something about like, he's, he's coming this way or something like that. And they're trying to steer her a different way. And I'm like, why, what, what was that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's very unclear, like to what purpose that was. I, it kept me, that kept me in the London sequence feeling like there was some, there was some alternate force that had wanted to keep them apart. Yeah, yeah. And I was waiting for that. Or shoe bring to, them together. And yeah, and I was waiting for that shoe to drop and it never happened. So that was very uh, perplexing to me as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Megan's probably right. I do think there is supposed to be some kind of subtext that she is descended from Jin. That makes sense. There are enough nuggets, I think, in both the story she hears and the story she recounts uh, to suggest that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, 
it's very deep subtext if it's there. <laughs> right. The, the I really, really do like everything up until like we're just in the modern day. Like I just, and it's gonna sound like really mean, but like I Tilda Tilda Swin, incredible actor. I love her in this movie. I was I was so much more invested in the movie when I was like in the past. And like I love seeing them interact and I love their relationship. But it was just it was so cool to see it how how did this gin get here from thousands of years ago? And like every every little bottle transfer and relationship he went through felt so real and so good. And I'm I feel like we lose so much of that once we get to the modern day stuff. And it's like it's gone. I was talking to Zara about it actually in the movie when we were watching the movie. And I said, you know what, this would have made an excellent tv show sure like it i felt like if 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 something like this george miller had like the the ability to go just crazy with a with a tv show however long he wants it to be and each one is are these stories of the gin in the past in the far past in the near past whatever and like that's what the show would be i think it would be incredible Mm -hmm. that said i i love every single time we go to the past is just something i'm so engaged with i'm loving seeing all the imagination i i wanted more so much more of it because there's like the dude with like the spider head who's just like and then he was the da 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 of the thing and i was just like wait can we go back he was a follower of ifrit yeah and then yeah like demons are there and i'm like what 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 kind of world do we live in in this world can we can we go back and like expand on that because like i love i love I love seeing George Miller's imagination just go crazy in these sequences with throwing nonsense at the wall and and having it be something completely normal with this world. And it was beautiful, beautiful stuff. And And I wanted so much more. And even though this, you know, it's weird because like this is like it's it feels like a low budget movie because it's just about people talking to each other yeah. but it's really about Jin and like how he's like dying and like his like his like particles and stuff and i'm like the special effects in this movie are awesome they are. like mm-hmm. anytime idris elba is on screen he's like partially dissolving and it's it always looks so cool he always looks he always looks so cool when he's big 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 buff man it's like <laughs> the, the, it. the musical instrument that was a cane solomon solomon yes that Solomon plays, it was so cool. And I yeah. wanted to just, I could have watched that for 30 minutes. Yeah, super cool. Um, I i will push back a little bit on the concept of the TV show, mostly just because um, I think the, I think the visual storytelling in this movie, even in the third act, but in general, is just so damn good. And there's no TV show that ever would have let George Miller do this. And it's not a budget thing, it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, he thought about every frame of this movie it's very clear um it's very clear from the outset when you have the shot where she's coming down in the airplane and it's the three wheels on the airplane landing and it transfers to the three wheels of her cart going through the airport and i'm like he thought about every single shot in this movie um and the visual storytelling and the stories that the jinn are telling are executed so well that like without elba's narration and sometimes it is without elba's narration you can follow what's going on and you're connected to it and you're emotionally invested in it because it's just being so well told visually let alone with the narration yeah, yeah. um and there's just no world where a tv show gets made that good no, and i'm not and i'm not and i'm not i'm not, I am only speaking in the hypothetical that it would be made as good. And yeah, it's uh, not, yeah, I realize it's impossible. It, it's just kind of the thing. It comes from my desire to explore these past narrations in so much more detail um, to kind of, to kind of get those, to, to just kind of live there for a, for a bit to watch George Miller, just kind of like go crazy with these imaginative visuals and crazy stories that he wants to, that he, he he tells us in these i wanted more of that that's all that's the only place that the that's where the tv show desire in me comes from oh yeah no i i understand i only said my point to to it to accentuate the really well done visuals of the mm-hmm. film um this is maybe one of my favorite elba performances ever mm-hmm. uh, probably only right under knuckles um and, <laughs> no really i think this is i think this might be one of elba's best performances yeah he rules um i think it's just so rich um there's a sadness there's a sadness to him that is he he always has in the background of every line of dialogue he has and it just creates such a more rich performance Mm -hmm. uh there's there is such a um again even with like the third act drawbacks the part where um she tells him that that he should just go 
because she she screwed them over she used the wish wrong um and uh he says you don't believe i love you um and the the kind of real pain that he feels in it is is deep i will say that like the turn to her making the wish she made was just a little abrupt for me Mm -hmm. but i think that also comes from a place where which one the one where she's like fall in love with me the very first one yeah. Yeah, yeah um but i think it also i think it does work if I if you can invest in her investment in the stories and what he's saying, mm-hmm. and I do think Swinton has a really good chemistry with him, mm-hmm. and I think it works. I think it really does work. Uh, there's a part of me that would have been perfectly fine with the film to end on after she's made that first wish, and they're cosmically shown to be wrapped up in each other in the room, and it like it it like zooms in. There are like, you could have told me that was the yeah. end of the movie, and I would have been I would have been happy. There I would have been happy with several what I moments got. where I'm like, oh, this is where we end the movie. And yeah. then they keep going. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I do like, um, I, 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 think I do really like the final note of it. I, this concept of, yeah. real quick, this concept yeah. of like, gin are fire, humans are dust, and the compatibility between them um, was such a good elemental uh, good take to bring to this story mm-hmm. that just made it it's it's like the whole thing revolves around that concept essentially mm-hmm. um and i think that 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 really does land yeah once once they mention like the like the electromagnetic like i wave thing multiple times i'm like oh damn they're like really going that's like that's like a real plot point of the movie that's well, awesome. like and they Science. do that they do the one part in like the the third chapter and then she reiterates it when she's writing the book but like they they talk about when he when it's the third story and it's when he first comes out of the bottle for um zephra mm-hmm. uh he comes out uh and it says stage one is electromagnetic waves so all gin start at electromagnetic waves and then it goes to uh the next piece and then organs and and all that but they start as also super cool visualization of every time he comes out of the bottle like the different mm-hmm. it's both the first one with with uh twin where you see his giant foot coming through the door mm-hmm um and and the way that they do god just the way they do like the shadowing and and how he hasn't like changed his form yet he's looking at it and learning the television way and everything he can like make a bottle and then put himself in the bottle and like he disappears into the bottle yeah like as like a like a liquid form like so creative oh the the tragedy of that last wish that kept him in the bottle the only that's, reason that's why the, he was trapped there is because that's what she i made... wanted to get to yeah yeah uh oh. But like I love the him to like. I wish I never knew you or something, right? I wish I wish I'd never found your bottle, and <sighs> I so never sad. knew. Yeah. And and just and as he's as he is disintegrating into the bottle, uh, oh, it's heartbreaking. And one of my favorite bits is when he pulls Albert Einstein out of the out of you the TV. He's like, "You want to talk to him?" And yeah. Albert's just like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> and I and I really like Swinton also being like, "No, no, no, that can't be good for him. Please put him back." <laughs> I like that she's just like, "This is normal. This is fine." Yeah, like like this. My life sucks. I'm, I'm just gonna accept it as it is. This is great. Uh, I I really do like the take of her as like this narratologist who studies these things. Uh, shout out to Marvel DC getting thrown up for mythology stuff. That there's mm-hmm. a shot where they're both on the screen. Um, but I think she does a really good job. Uh, putting her in that position allows her to like really play the angle of like, but without me feeling like the only comp- uh, comparison I can think of is like Whedon, but it doesn't feel like it's so tongue in cheek about how she is mm-hmm. aware of gin stories and how wishing stories work and how to poke the holes in them. It feels like she is like sensibly uh, poking at, they all kind of end bad mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. without it feeling like it's wink nudging to the audience that like, you get it. You've seen these kinds of stories before. Like it feels very in tone of the character of the world of the story without uh, I feel breaking that wall. Yeah. I yeah, love his really, weird, his weird elf, elf ears. Yeah, they don't look like regular ears. Weird. I really like the idea that she wants to hear these stories to get the right wish to like get it right. Like, is there a way that we can make a wish where it's not going to end well? And Idris Elba plays a djinn so unlike any djinn that we've seen, which is the which is the djinn who's just like, I don't like that these wishes go wrong. I would love it if you made a wish that didn't screw up everyone's life. And that's and that's part of it is like that building of trust because she's like most most times the wish the wishes are from a trickster. Mm-hmm. How do I know you're not that? And like sure, I like you tell good stories, but how can and it is the 
I think the emotional investment of the third story that is able to bring her to the connection of this is what I want. I want, I want that. And I want that richness of care. And it's so interesting. Cause like, like, like a Jin's thing, it's like, I am a magical being, but also like, it's my, like, I am born to give wishes. Like that's a part of my being. So it's so interesting. That's like, Hey, what's up? My name is Ryan. I'm gonna grant you a wish. Don't, don't, don't get crazy about it. It's just what I do. It's like, it's like, it's so weird. It's like, tell us like, hello, sir. Tell me about your life and your wishes. <laughs> and it's just like, I love it. It's like, it's, it's so like nonchalant. Uh, it's, it could have, again, it could have been something like, whoa, genies. And it's just like, nah, dude, she's old. She gets it. Her, she's seen the world. I, again, like framing, framing her as like a, a isolated person with an obsession with stories. Mm-hmm. So much so she is a narratologist. It is her job. Um, really makes it work. And the nuggets we get of her past inform on it in a good way, about her childhood, her isolated childhood with Enzo's creation um, because she was very sick. Uh, a lot when she was a kid Mm -hmm. and then um the story of i will forever be grateful to this film for not ever making us like do something involving the djinn relating to either jack or enzo and i do mean like both the imaginary friend enzo Mm -hmm. or the uh hopeful baby that never came Mm -hmm. enzo Mm -hmm. and the the fact that both those story elements are there to inform on her character but not a past that needs to be dredged up for the story yeah 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 yeah, I would agree with that. I, I really like the idea of I'd never heard of a narratologist before. Um, I really like the idea of centering our character around that idea. Um, Ryan, you brought up The Fall, which is a really uh, I, which is a really great movie. Um, the idea of like. The important thing, you know what, this is kind of the thing that like. This is kind of the thing that that I think Hollywood likes to chase a lot when it comes to um, storytelling, because there you see you see it a lot. Hollywood loves movies about movies, mm-hmm. right? They, but the, I think what they're chasing is movies about stories, and there's not a lot of about there's not a lot. No one really gets that right. And I think mm-hmm. George Miller has such a such an imagination, such a, a sense of such an old world sense of storytelling that comes across in all of his films, even the Mad Max films. Like we talk, everyone talks about how Mad Max Fury Road can work as a silent film. Mm-hmm. Um, like the idea of like, he, he clearly has a, he's clearly like a, a begrudging narratologist himself. Um, and which a lot of, uh, a lot of storytellers are, and he has such a passion for stories and the nature yeah. of storytelling. And, that, and this kind of felt like him, putting that passion into a film finally if if you look at like if you were to describe this movie on the most like fundamental level this is a movie that's about people talking about other people's stories that's like hella boring it's like people talking about other people like that sounds boring as shit but like when you're a filmmaker with like talent and like screenwriting presence like you would you you know what story you know what works in a story so you can tell it's- a story about storytelling uh, it's very much what we were like touching on earlier, and I think Brandon made a good point with the, the Mad Max Fury Road silent movie. George Miller knows that film is a visual medium first, mm-hmm. and he knows how to tell a story with the visuals regardless like uh, of what you are hearing, what you are seeing, like, like being told in the uh, actual dialogue of the film. Um, I think that they do a great job of like... I understand the intent of every character that's on screen who is not subtitled and uh, not speaking English in this movie. The first story that Idris Elba tells, Shiva, right? Shiva, yeah. Is the best example of that, I believe, because that's the one where if you took out his narration, you could completely understand that story. Every single frame of that scene tells the story before the narration even kicks in. Mm-hmm. Even up to even up to him watching them having sex and 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 the guy putting the bottle down. Yeah. If there was no narration, I would one hundred percent understand that Idris Elba loves this oh, woman. The, the first story, it's like he Solomon coming to Sheba right. and who is his who is uh, she chose, jin, she chose pars- him partially Jin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he That's loved her and uh, ultimately feels he meant nothing to right, her. Right. The the the, the yeah. musician part. Yeah. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. The. The only thing, the only thing that the narration really needs to tell me in that sequence is that the the long black leg hair 
implies that you're part Jin. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the only thing the narration needs to tell me. Other than that, every single frame of that scene tells me the story. And I think that's I think it's wonderful for it. Yeah, I I agree. Um I think I think that uh this would this film also provided a great opportunity for like it centers around Elba and Swinton. But um so much diversity casting mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this in this film and just really wonderful actors who you don't normally get to see in on screen um uh really doing great jobs in these stories they really are and um again like selling me the performance without me knowing what they're saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for in a lot of cases uh sometimes they are subtitled but sometimes they aren't a lot of times with zephra who is the last one um she is almost never subtitled if something is explained about what she said it's because elba has said it but there's a lot of sequences of her just emoting speaking in a language i can't understand but i understand exactly what she's doing yeah uh just from her performance and you know that last story is a really good example of of miller using what is essentially like it's the least imaginative story. And I mean that only in to say that like, it's not the one that has the head falling off the dude and turning into a bunch of spiders and the Minotaur people like, right. It's the one that's not, it's, it's really centered around one. Oh, right. <laughs> what? <I forgot. laughs> um, there's like, you know, it's, it's, it's really centered around one place and it's really just about this girl and how she wants to learn everything. And that's, that's kind of what I think was missing from their love story from Idris Elba until the Swinton's love story that like, that was still one of the most compelling pieces of, of cinematic imagery I've ever witnessed. It, it's, it's my sec. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite. It's my favorite sequence in the movie is the one is the, is the one there. It's wonderful. Even when she almost kills the guy from having sex with him. Um, and like the, 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 and that, that's kind of, that's kind of where I feel like the Tilda Swinton and, 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 Idris Elba sequences fall flat in London because like I've already seen that you can make what is essentially a on paper a boring uh, a least compelling story centered around one place very compelling and very interesting and really wonderful and you you, you kind of didn't later and that was kind of the, the setup having that be the last story into was, was probably why I checked out again. Again, I do feel like part of it is just you know that the story's not done, but you don't know why. Yeah, and in yeah. even in him telling the story of Zephra, we do know why the story is not done as we're hearing about it. It's because it goes. We know it goes bad. We know it ends with him being shot in a bottle. We know even before the story is being told that it has something to do with wishing that he she had never known him. We know yes. that is an element it is leading to. Whereas uh, with the London story, it just feels like we don't, it, it really, what it is, is like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say this because I feel like it's the cheap way out, but it feels like we just should have seen him degrading from the electromagnetic waves over time. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, because we didn't get that. It didn't feel like there was any conflict bubbling under the thing. It just all of a sudden that thing happened. To it, it almost feels like he might've read himself into a corner. Because, like, you do all of your most, like, your most interesting stuff in the first part of the movie. So you get to the modern stuff where they're just having the relationship. Do you do, oh, do you do the thing where you do have a bad ending because that's what you expect? Do you subvert that so they have a happy ending? Like, I, I can understand where, like, what what do you do to have to satisfy this movie's ending? You know See, that's, I mean? where I, that's where I'm trying not to go. That's yeah. where I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to say that, it, honestly, it felt like the London sequences were just, phoned in but like i don't want to go there because i know that's not that's not who george miller is that's not what he that's not what he does but that's honestly kind of what it felt like to me well if you if you think of it as just like well let's just talk about the third act like the a to c is her making the wish for them to be together Mm -hmm. and the c is the electromagnetic waves are killing him she must set him free Mm -hmm. yeah the the a to c i think was known by miller i think Mm -hmm. he knew this was her first wish and i think he knew this was her last wish because of the pain it it's was the question through. marks in the middle it's it's in the middle something didn't come together and coalesce onto the film correctly yeah some some element x factor there wasn't i, I think he knew that po- that first wish happened and the third wish happened mm-hmm. i think he knew those for sure i think he even knew the second wish which is that i wish you would speak to me mm-hmm. um because of the electromagnetic waves i think that those things were known to him what what i think was at a loss was what are they like in the interim and part of what they're like in the interim is frankly their 
at peace. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a hard element to sit in for a long time, no matter how much we want to see like people we're invested in, especially people who we want to see be together, be together. Because that's just not how stories work. Mm-hmm. Even if the conflict isn't between them, some conflict should exist. And that just is is listing for a little while. Do you know what I think it might be? I I think because like it ends and it ends with like he, and he comes to visit me as often as he can and he says right. I think what I didn't like about it is it doesn't give us it kind of it's like almost like a cheap way out. It's like it gives you the yes and the no. It's like they are together but they're not together. They don't they, they don't just decide on one for like an actual ending. Because I, I, that's what I think that's what I'm feeling. Because like sure. they're not really together. I think but they're also. Like, I, I will I will I will rebuttal because I do like the ending note yeah. of him coming back and visiting. And here's the reason is because in in the context of the story, her distrust of him is present from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That he could be a trickster. That he could be doing all this for his freedom. Mm-hmm. If that were still, even as she has made the wish for him to love her and be with her, that that were still a true fact. She has now given him what he ultimately wanted: freedom. Mm-hmm. He gets his wish for freedom. True. If he did not love her he would not return. So it is the fact that her faith in that is paid off by him saying, just because I'm free and it hurts, I will still come back to you. Mm, It is still that. So that 3000 years of longing, which in some ways she gets what she wished for, right? Because she says, I want that longing. I want that feeling of wanting to be with that person. She has that because now he exists in absences. Mm. He exists in that perpetual state of longing and getting and longing again. That's true. Okay. And for me, narratively, that all works. That all feeds to the story of who her character was and what she was afraid of and what she was asking for. Um, so it doesn't feel so cheap okay. because yeah. it's ultimately proving her her fear and the faith that she put in it over her fear to be correct for the story which for the story it was telling is beautiful i understand how like i think in a lesser made film where the first part of the movie didn't tell all that those elements about the two of them better yeah that would feel cheap i don't think it feels cheap i feel like it feels like exactly the the right narrative choice um it's just how we got there that felt messy i'll give you that all right yeah i think for me I think for me, what 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 it really comes down to is that there's no third act payoff to the beginning of the film. And that's that's kind of where, like, right, this is the nature of stories and how and and we talk about how the the, you know, gin aren't necessary in a world in a world like this anymore. And, and that's a conversation that has that comes up twice in the movie. It comes up in the beginning in the lecture hall and it comes up with Idris Elba. Um and in the lecture hall, she's attacked for it by a djinn or by some mystical creature. Right. Um, and so, like, because that doesn't come back, because there's no sense of, like, you know, even like, even like it yourself of being like, yeah, and, you know, the mystical creatures are all around us, but they, you don't see them anymore. And they're mad about that. Like, there's nothing like that. That that kind of leaves me probably that's probably what I'm rubbing up against with the third act. Yeah. Sure. No. Yeah. I. No. I think I. I'm trying to figure out because it's it, it isn't just the London stuff. Like I do. I wish I I felt as strong as you. But the end, like you explained it very well, and I see your point to it. Mm-hmm. But I just maybe I need to see it again to to feel that for myself because I definitely feel like yeah, like once once that third act hits, it's just like we don't we don't like you said it, Brandon. Like we don't have a, a conclusion to what we've been setting up. Mm-hmm. Not with not with those not with those, elements. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree yeah. about those particular yeah, yeah. elements. I, I think that like there there's there's messiness there. I think the Elba and Swinton story is just I think I think the point of like where it begins and where it ends is pitch perfect. I yeah, think yeah. that's exactly like the the beginning and ending you want. Some of the parts in the middle might get a little messy. Yeah, I'll get um, that sure. Uh super colorful film. Um, I'm frankly, honestly, like I really liked the poster when it first came out with the trailer, the one that Brandon has behind us uh, in this main picture. I I really liked it when it first came out, had all the images of the other characters on the rims. This one does not. Um, But now that I've seen the movie, I like this one far more because this movie is super colorful. And that does not convey how colorful this movie is. Um, I've I've talked a lot about in this uh, today, uh, just about how much I love, love the visuals that love the imagination at play. That there's an orgy room that they oh, just yeah. put some kid in for decades. An orgy prison. An orgy prison. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Like, there's nothing grosser to me than that hand he reaches out to his brother with. Oh, Ooh. God. Uh, I really, I really like uh, this is because you brought up this particular story. Um, we didn't talk about this one a lot, but I thought that story was really interesting and, and well done. Um, we get a lot of the uh, this this sad sense of like, and I think it's an interesting concept of of a jinn's existence when they're they can't be tethered or connected to the bottle anymore. Oh yeah, um, he's like, but a they're ghost not, out there. but they're not free. So they just kind of exist in nothingness. Oh yeah, he's like trying to like get people's attention to, to come get to the to bottle the because he can't be, he yeah. cannot be, but yeah, he is. That was a cool part. And then like the big lady smashes down on it, yeah. which which I thought was super well done because I, it didn't feel goofy. No, uh, it felt humorous of a humor of like how these stories would tell things like, and then of course, like slapsticky. Yes, but not in a super silly or fat phobic way. No, not at all. No. Um, they weren't I, making fun of anybody, right? Yeah, and yeah. I really, and I really, really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, also, I, I do want to shout out that, like, um, you might not remember it super well, but Tom Holkenberg's um, score score is super good. It's a super good, beautiful score for this movie. Junkie XL. Tom yeah, it's his old yeah, it's Tom, his old Tom, yeah. yeah, Tom, Tom Holkenberg. Um, frankly, one of the best scores I think he's ever done. Hell yeah! Yeah. Um, if now that I know it's him. In a while. Uh, I he he makes these the Solomon piece, which in itself is a, a beautiful piece. Um, when Solomon is wooing Sheba, but um, even going against that, there is a main theme for this film, and I think the main theme for this film is sad and beautiful at the same time. Um, which is it, it absolutely correct for what this movie Ooh, is. The entire album is on Spotify. Yeah, and, I, and I'm grateful that this movie is not. I was definitely nervous pretty early in that this was going to be a tragedy. And I think that's the main thing is like, I just didn't want it to be a tragedy. It yeah. doesn't feel like either of the characters deserve a tragedy. That's true. At the end of the movie. Um, uh, and and I'm glad that that's not the route that it decides to go. I really like the idea that because you brought up uh, what, they, what it feels like when they're not tethered to the bottle. Uh, I really like the idea that the the final wish that gets them trapped under the ocean was really funny. Is it kind of, it's kind of like a funny, funny beat, but the idea of um, that, Jin were not natively trapped in bottles like that's mm -hmm. not where they're there they, you're not going to go around and find a bunch of gins and bottles they were they specifically have to get have to do something that gets them trapped in a bottle otherwise there are just gin that are free that are able to not have to be tied to a bottle not have to, to grant wishes but once you're trapped in that bottle you have to grant the wishes or else you cease to exist you kind of create this this in-between path of I exist, but I don't. Um, and, and, and all of that is part of that curse. This is part of that bottle curse that I think is pretty, pretty cool exploration in this film. I agree. And I think it also feeds into the, the whole thing feeds into this narrative of because of the electromagnetic waves, because of the implication of what that means for Jin, like all magic in the world became less and less as science mm -hmm, became mm -hmm. more and more. Mm -hmm. We don't um, need minotaurs anymore. Right. And, and, I like just the way that feels that, that things were just kind of not, not hunted down, not, not made extinct, just kind of pushed out of the world. It's not overly fantastical. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yo, we got Ifrits and Minotaurs, but don't think about it too hard. That's you, think, you, you know it. what, you know what I would have liked to have seen? I would have liked to have seen the Jin Idris Elba's character could see other mystical creatures in London. Mm-hmm people like because the idea of well no the idea of like because science is pushing all these all these people out of our out of our eyesight we can no longer see them that doesn't necessarily mean they're not there anymore mm -hmm. and so like the idea that Idris Elba could see them would have been an interesting aspect of the movie that again I'm just I'm reaching for straws to try to make the beginning no, pay off for me I think you're saying Brandon I think that would be cool. I think once you open the Pandora's box of revealing everything, you have to do more. So I think I think leaving it tight as it is. Uh, but yeah, I, there could have been a scene where like you know you wouldn't believe the things that that, that I see in these eyes and like yeah, that's all that's all yeah. I'm saying. Like like what does the world look like through your eyes? And he and and we just get a flash of maybe there's just other mystical creatures around. Maybe like a pixie flies around. I don't I don't know. Hey. maybe that dude maybe maybe that maybe that mummy bob cratchit dude comes back and says hey what's up it's just i remember when you when we, you were with shiva yeah but i think that is part of the reason why that doesn't happen is because it is playing with the, whether it's executed well or not that idea that swinton is also of jinn lineage mm -hmm. and that she can mm -hmm. see those things and always has seen those things those things are less present 
because that's the world now. Big like mm-hmm. Roman looking um, shit. But, but she can see them. She can sense them. She can feel them. What was with the guy in the cart at the beginning? I'm still baffled. Yes, yeah. That's baffled. Baffled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Baffled. Yeah. I don't know. There's Again, like, that's what I... I really thought that, like, you know, they were trying to push them. T- I, I first saw that I was like, oh, they're going to try and the, the mystical thought, creatures are going to try and push them together. I thought it was going to be Aegis the whole time, just trying to like the yeah. The implication of the line and the energy to me of the first one in the airport feels almost like they are trying. I don't know what the purpose of this would be, but they are trying to push her away from him, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to him. Um, but again, I'm not a hundred percent certain of what that guy's. Oh, wait for that Blu-ray. So uh, yeah. Um, Overall, I just I love the movie more than I dislike it no, by, by by like a really wide margin. Um, it takes big swings, and most of those big swings hit really really hard. Um, I we just don't get movies like this very often. Yeah. Um, uh, in the sense of like what they're focusing on, how they're doing it, it just they they're rare, and I really really like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh. It's now pretty high up there in my George Miller filmography for sure. Um, I I think just for the visual storytelling alone, let alone again, I can't, I can't stress enough. I think this is possibly Elba's best performance. It's real good. Uh, it's it's just so. It feels so full. Uh, I believe him in every way that he is a person who has lived through all of these things for thousands. And of years. he's like. He's like he's like kind of reserved, but like you know he's spent thousands of years trapped in a bottle, and he's like he can do so much with just like his eyes and like and, and like his tone of voice and his weird gin accent. Uh, yeah, the the detail in his uh, recounting of what he did at the bottom of the ocean for that first two thousand five hundred years, where he's like, well, I spent the first hundred years playing to every god I knew, then the next hundred to every god that might exist that i didn't <laughs> whoever know. was listening uh and then you know trying to trick myself into the fact that i wanted to be in the bottle um that i was happy in the bottle that i never wanted to come out of the bottle uh it it's it it just feels very very effective i also really like it's just a note on it just uh when he finally does um recorporealize uh after she the giantess woman finds the uh, bottle and he's like I was too desperate I just wanted the wish and he's like make a wish make a wish now <laughs> um, I, ca- I came off a little, a little strong a little strong <laughs> yeah uh, I, I I think you're I think you're you're absolutely right and I agree with a lot with everything you're saying now I I don't know where I'd put this with my in my George Miller rankings because like, I really like a lot of his movies but it, he's, it, a good, he's a good filmmaker, just is. It, it's just it it it's so rare to get a movie like this, and this is kind of one of those things where, like, oftentimes, like, there's a, I feel much the same way about this movie as I did like Troll Hunters, the movie, uh, where I I don't know if you guys remember that the ending of that film very much does not work, but it ruins the film retroactively. But here it doesn't. Here I like two thirds of this movie, and the the third that I don't much care for does not impact the love that I have for the first two. For the first two, it, it is such a wonderful experience, and I was so engrossed, and I and I and I loved it so. It's it's a love story that doesn't feel as conventional as love story films usually do. Not at all. Oh yeah, um, and that that works in its favor and to its detriment. But it works far more in its favor. Yeah. Um, it's a I, unique love story. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I just, I, it's so, I'm just so glad that he made it regardless of like where it whiffed. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it just feels so no, we, different. We always talk like, we, we're all in agreement on this podcast. Like we'd rather have big swings than miss than being safe and not trying at all. Uh, and I would say for this movie, even like it's, it's, this is not just such a hard movie to make, but it's such a hard movie to market. And, like, if you're not someone like George Miller, who's, like, a quote-unquote visionary filmmaker extreme, like, no one would see this movie, right? So, like, the fact that he got to make a rom-com, like, part fantasy drama uh, uh, that's literally has no action. It's just people talking in a bed, and then they're talking in the kingdom or something like that. This it, is, it, it's an impressive movie for what it is. This is the one for me, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. everything, like, everything he, because this movie did not do well. 
it, it really it really crashed and burned at the box office um but it's 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 a film that George Miller clearly had a lot of passion to make, clearly was the right person to make it. And you don't see a lot of these kind of, honestly, quite frankly, vanity projects yeah. Yeah. coming from big budget filmmakers anymore. Um, and this was definitely the this was definitely the film where he could he made Mad Max Fury Road and took all of that goodwill with Mad Max Fury Road and said, I'm going to make this weird rom-com. And now he's currently filming Furiosa. Exactly. Uh, this is based off a short story called The Gin in the Nightingale's Eye by A.S. Abayat. Uh, that's cool. Never um, I really do like it's, it's just a moment I wanted to highlight because I thought it was so cool. Um, and I, we, we should bring it up is um, the way that his bottle got from the bottom of the ocean to the girl in the second story, um, which is that it was a rock got dredged up mm -hmm. then put into a man's skull yep <laughs> then taken from the man's skull mm -hmm. and put into a wall yes and then knocked down by her and then caved out uh really cool just yeah. just a really cool i forgot about like he's got some dude gets and it's and it's cool because like it exists it exists beyond his narration you know we are being given something that he is not giving us because he says i don't know mm-hmm uh, but we are being given the visual storytelling of like, well, this is how, because that's not right. satisfying. Like just, just saying like, oh, and then I was in this girl's hands. Like, I'm not going to do that to you, mm -hmm. me, George Miller. I'm not going to do that to you, audience. Uh, here's a really cool visual storytelling of like, it wasn't just that it was accidentally fished out of the bottom of the sea. It was actually fished out of the bottom of the sea, tossed in the sand, then thrown in a man's skull. It killed him. He sat there for a while. Someone found it, put it in a wall because it was just the right shape to go to that wall. Um, I just thought that was such a good <laughs> way of getting us all the way through those motions. That's like a perfect like two-page comic book. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know what's really funny? It reminds me in, in, a, in, a, in a really ridiculous way of what Favreau did to the tuft of hair in Lion King, how he added all this journey, that unnecessary journey that we didn't need to see in the Lion King. But when when Miller did it, when Miller did this, it was so cool and fun and unnecessary, but engaging. Uh, I, I, you know, Miller's a better filmmaker than Favreau. I said it, whatever. Damn, there's uh, two, there's <laughs> two uh, uh, prequels coming out next year. Lion King and, and Mad Max Crazy. Oh yeah, you've you've mentioned many I think times. We've lost actually, twenty twenty four. That's fair. You've mentioned many times, Sparks, that you feel this is Idris Elba's best performance. I uh, have not seen everything Idris Elba has done, but I feel pretty confident in 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 agreeing wholeheartedly. There is something. He sits there. He stands there with the weight of a th of three thousand years on his shoulders and what the when he the just the way he stands the way he holds himself the way he presents the way he talks the way he everything about it has the weight of that 3000 years and i talked about how there's like this background sadness in his in his soul that i really feel i really feel that 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 sadness is really there i feel like for Idris Elba, as much as I love him in everything I've seen him in, I felt this is really the first time that I felt that he had transformed into this role. He had been so encompassed by this role. Um, Miller really brought something truly special out of Idris Elba in this movie. And mm -hmm. I, I even if this movie didn't didn't work, I would have forever been grateful for that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I also have not seen Elba's entire filmography. That dude is a talented actor with a very large body of work. I was Luther gonna, and and The Wire, both incredible. Shows. I was going to bring up that Luther and The Wire are are two of two shows where he's been in, where he's really expanded on a character that I have I haven't seen The Wire in a very long time, and I haven't seen Luther at all. So I won't say that like emphatically and objectively it is his best work, but like I, it's this is his most unique it's performance. Definitely high up there. He puts a lot into this. absolutely. And I get a lot out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a really good movie. I don't have much more to say. I would be just repeating points. So I will just say that I give it a nine out of 10. Right. I will give it an 8.5 out of 10. Really liked it. And yeah, like, just like you said, Brandon, even though some of the movie doesn't work, so much of it does work that it's kind of washes over. Yeah. It, again, it's, it's the big swing. It's, I'm so grateful that this big swing of a movie exists. 
Um, and and uh, huh, I'm really between an eight point five and a nine. Um, so I'm I'll I'll err on the side of excitement and say nine. I think I think that's a huge testament to how good this movie actually is that you guys started this as I don't really like the ending. Kind of hate the whole third act. Nine out of ten. That's really that no, can no, still no. be true. No, no, no. I know. I know. And I'm saying that is yeah. a testament to how good everything else is about oh, this yeah. movie. Because you can still feel that way about an entire act of this movie. You take off the last and 25 be like, minutes, this is a 10 out of 10. And but. be like, nah, man, this movie's real good though. Yeah. Yeah, yo, it cuts off when it's when it's when set when they get together. Yeah, man, that's a perfect movie. I was talking to um, uh, I think I think on here she pops up as Princess Sparkle Bunny, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she she commented when I when I first saw this movie and she was like, oh, I hated the ending and it made me hate the whole movie. It's like I can't say that. I thought the, I thought the first two acts were fantastic. Yeah, I will definitely uh, say uh, uh, if you are a casual genre fan if you are a casual moviegoer this movie probably won't work for you unless like you're really willing to give it give it the benefit because like mm-hmm. it, this movie asks asks if asks a lot out of you you got to really be able to really got to go on a journey with these two people to sit on a bed in, in, in London mm-hmm. or wherever. again uh, it's george miller's vanity project and we don't see big budget vanity projects anymore yeah and it's really cool that we got one okay so that'll do it I'll do it. Glad, glad we got to do this. Hell yeah. Me too. And, and then, in the immortal words of of one of George Miller's most famous characters, "That'll do, pig. That'll do." God, I live, I die, I live again. <laughs> um, uh, although I believe that's the first film, not the second one. <laughs> but whatever. He he did produce the second, the first one. He, Wait, he, you forget in the second one he says, "That'll do, pig. Still, that'll do." You forget. Oh, you're that. right. James Damn. Cromwell comes back and says, "That'll do, pig. Still." Got it, babe. <laughs> Um, I really like, I did a list. I don't know if the list has been published. It might've, but I did a list for screen man about George Miller's entire filmography. Um, it's not big. It's not big at all. So it was really, it was really easy. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen a lot of his earlier stuff, but man, from babe two and onwards, no, from the road warrior onwards, I love, I love every single movie I've seen of his. I love the road warrior. I cannot, I cannot say, I cannot I cannot express how much I love the Road Warrior. I think Happy Feet One and Two are fantastic. Babe Two is great. Um, I, I I I love I love George Miller, and I'm so glad we got this vanity project from him. Dudes, ninety still making movies. I so, Hurry up, George! I finished Furiosa. It was it was his Justice League that didn't get made, right? Yeah. yeah. So wish we lived in a world where I got to see that, bro. That movie was literally weeks from starting filming. Yeah. Sets were made. Costumes were out. I mean, I believe. I mean, I'd feel weird about Army Hammer now in retrospect, but I'd still be like, man, fifteen years ago, he wasn't a cannibal. Yet. No, I'm, I'm saying like now, I would feel weird even if that movie had yeah, come yeah. out because I probably would have really liked that movie. Yeah, it would have robbed. But like, damn, I really like just the fact that like storytelling would have been so exceptional. It's so anyway. it's it's so interesting. By the way, George Miller is seventy-seven, not ninety. Let's not Sorry, let's not put the man still up there. Let's not put the man in the grave yet. Um, the uh, Justice League. I remember. I remember so specifically the conversations you and I had, Sparks, about that George Miller Justice League movie, um, because like we were both thinking, like, why make this movie without Christian Bale and Brandon Routh? Like they're there. Why are you doing this? And now looking back, I'm like, no, oh, you should have. You should have. That was that was. You had it, George. Yeah. You knew the way. I would have loved to. It's seen. honestly, it's no, it's it's not Nolan himself's fault, but it's the it's those Batman movies' fault that that just like yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's that and the Australian tax uh, Australian um film industry raised their taxes and Warner Bros. Like, nah, you know what? Now nah, we're good. He got a Batman coming. We can just save that money. Yeah, I'm I I lament that that film didn't happen. Uh, there was that. What was that? That was um. What was the guy who passed away? Who did John, uh? Yeah. John Schnapp. He was yeah. remember he was supposed to do a show about all the unmade superhero movies. I was yeah, I talked to him about that. And now that's never going to come out. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you hadn't guessed already, this is just kind of us vamping because the show's over. So if you're still here, why don't I plug some stuff for you? Um, what do I plug? Okay, this is Fake Nerds. This is Fake Nerd Podcast. This is a review special for Fake Nerds Podcast. If you like this, there's more of this. There's so much more of this. There's there's uh, a lot of this on on, uh, uh, on YouTube. If you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, or if you're just listening to this, you can check us out uh, on our YouTube channel. You can get all sorts of shows, such as Fake Nerds. Watch She-Hulk. Uh, two episodes of She-Hulk are up now. Uh, two, one, two, and two, and th- one and two, and three and four. Uh, 
as their own separate videos. Uh, and then we'll come back again for um, five and six, right? Yeah, sure. So five and six. Um, so stay tuned for that. More fake news watches are coming. Um, just kind of working out scheduling. Uh, we, there's a lot of shows that we want that we want to do fake news watches for you guys. Uh, for us specifically, uh, Sandman, Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, Sandman. <laughs> we we want to do it. It's gonna, I'm sure it's going to happen. I sure do. We got Andor starting soon. <laughs> Andor, Star Wars Andor is the other one I was thinking Lord of. Lord of the Rings. There's a lot of, there's a lot of shows we want to do. So just yeah, be yeah. patient with us. They will happen. Um, and if they don't, we will find a way to Too do the next season. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's really messed up a game that House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings Rings of Power had to come out at the exact same goddamn time. And they both rule. That's just hard. And they both rule. <laughs> what a world. Uh, we also have Basement Arcade, which is our video game Let's Play series. Spooktober is coming. That's what oh, we call it, Spooktober. One way or another. It's happening. I'm going to make it happen. Um, Spooktober is coming, so stay tuned for that. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully I can be home someday and we can play more Aliens Fireteam. Um, so stay Alien tuned. Fireteam, for- back for blood, dead by daylight, tall poppy. So stay tuned for a lot of that content with or without me. Um, and based on arcade pause menu, a new episode of based on arcade pause menu has been uploaded the past couple of weeks, but video games that, uh, Ben doesn't like, which are a lot of them. I didn't listen to the episode not yet. They're not cool. for a negative episode. It's not that negative. Good. Uh, so check out that episode. That episode is up now. And of course, animation station and Fickner book club are also shows that you can do that. You can check out on this channel. Um, uh, <clears throat> You can also find us on our mothership show, our mothership show, guys, uh, Fake Nerd Podcast. Uh, we go live every Sunday at various times of the day, um, talk about all sorts of things. This last episode, we talked about D23, um, mm-hmm. all the exciting announcements from D23 and upcoming Revenge. Do Revenge, the Maya Hawk film coming to Netflix, uh, mostly because that was the easiest one for all of us to check out this weekend yeah and then um, uh soon expect a review special just like this for the woman king whoop, whoop. Yes. um so stay tuned for all sorts of cool stuff guys hey guys we're trying but you know what if you want more stuff from us if you want us to get through all the shows and movies that we want to do consider Hello. supporting us consider supporting us financially on t public or patreon where you can find the links in the description below That's or true. on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com where you can find all the links to everything if you just kind of like us, just give us a dollar a month. <laughs> just we, make, we make a lot of content and we don't really make any money. <laughs> any money? No money. Oh, I owe you guys two bucks, I think. <laughs> you can, hey, you know, Brandon? You can keep it on me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Uh, by the way, that was two bucks split by four people. So it's like, yeah, new, yeah. I'm going to buy that new 77 inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, $2 right. a month will be paid off by 2089. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so that 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 that's all the things. All the links are down below. You can check them out on our on our Facebook on our Facebook page or our, our website at fignerpodcast.com. Um uh Fickner Podcast on all the social medias. If you'd like to get in touch with us, uh Fickner Podcast, Fickner guys at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I mentioned that I write for Screen Rant. I do do that. Uh, you can check out all my writings um there are at atomic geekdom where i also write a series called revisiting the infinity saga i'm also currently writing a very stupid piece that i don't know if it's going to get published there but we'll see um and uh kaiju ramen which i which just published its latest issue of the magazine and kaiju ramen volume one if you got were able to get kaiju ramen volume one um i got a piece in that one it's just the same camera piece that was published in a few issues ago and then a new issue was published with a different piece and then i got a couple more pieces coming in future magazines, so stay tuned. Um, find that at kaijuramamedia.com. I also edit for their website. Sparks? Uh, if you gave me $2 a month until 2089, I would be able to afford a little over half the cost of a 77-inch TV. <laughs> Damn, so we're looking at like 2160. Yeah. To pay off that, yeah, we can better get started. <laughs> where, Sparks. Where, where, where where you find you? Oh, you can find me <laughs> at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. You can find me giving Sparks $1 to help pay off that TV until 2160 at DJ Tony Snark 616. Also, 
I am now officially back in Southern California and I don't have a job, so I'm going to be streaming again. Whoop, whoop. I can't wait to come back to Final Fantasy. Exciting, exciting times. True. Um, okay, that'll do it, guys. Uh, you know, subscribe to us on all the so- on all the things that you can find us on if you're listening to the audio. Like this video, subscribe to this channel if you're doing this on the video. And until next time we see us, stay fake, nerds. <laughs>